This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Invested. I'm Danielle Town. So my dad is off this weekend doing his investing workshop, and I'm so lucky instead to be interviewing Kelly Holtgren, who is a journalist and podcaster. She's based in New York City, and she covers personal finance and entrepreneurship. So since 2013, she has been reporting and producing for Jean Chatsky. And for you Americans, you will know who Jean Chatsky is because she is the woman you watch on the Today Show every morning who tells you exactly what to do with your money. And so Kelly and Jean have put together this amazing website called Her Money, and they also do a podcast called Her Money. And Kelly does the mailbag that's at the end of every Her Money podcast, which I love. So welcome, Kelly. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I'm thrilled to chat with you because I'm learning more and more about these, like, the world of money because I'm such a newbie to the whole thing. And I'm still surprised by because you don't seem like one at all. <laughs> it's the lawyer in me. I can see. It's speak. the lawyer. Yes. <laughs> to the known. But what I want to know, because when I first started writing my book, Invested, I started thinking like, well, is my experience with this like learning investing thing different than it would be for a man? Because I mean, just from my like completely anecdotal experience in my life, the men in my life really treat money differently than I do and behave differently around it and, and around stock markets and investing in particular. You and totally. Jean have started a website and a podcast called Her Money. Do you mm-hmm. see that women and men treat money differently or relate to money differently? Absolutely. We approach yeah. money in very different ways, which is why we are very unapologetic about who we're targeting. However, I will say we welcome everyone to the party. So even though our company's name is Her Money, please, anyone, if you connect or if something resonates, if something we're doing resonates with you, we love that. And we love hearing from men. We love hearing from couples who listen to the show or read our content and use that as jumping off points for them to start Mm. talking about money in a way that they haven't before. But I'll give you a really good example, personal example of why women need different financial advice or financial advice in a way that connects with them. So Mm. and especially with investing in mind. And my parents are fantastic. They really are. And we talked about money a lot growing up, but I do remember one time when I approached my my dad interested in learning more about investing. I think I was early on in high school and I, we were on a hike and I remember just starting to ask questions. He's a big Bob Brinker fan. I don't know if you're familiar with Bob Brinker. No, I'm not. Yeah. So he, so he, Bob Brinker is like his investment guru. And I was asking about that and I asked if like, you know, this is something I should start paying attention to or start learning about. And he said that, no, don't worry. You don't need to worry about that yet. I'm pretty sure he said yet, but how old were you? I was, I want to say I was 15, 16 or 17. It was around then. Yeah. Mid teens. But it's a perfect example of what I think happens, has happened for so many decades and still happens, unfortunately, is that girls 
and women are socialized differently when it comes to money. We have different money conversations. We're more likely to have different money conversations with our parents growing up than boys are. And boys are more likely to get those investing conversations or the idea of growing your wealth, whereas we are the money managers. So we're, we get the savings and the budgeting and the smart shopping conversations. We don't get that, the more hardball, this is how you grow the money that you're earning and this is how you earn a lot of money that you can grow. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, so the I more think household just, expenses conversations versus the here's how you get wealthy conversation. Exactly, exactly that. So, and we're talking like decades, this conversation is going back. And I think, I, I hope, I feel like we're, the conversation and the conversations are finally changing. But you, you add that to so many other data points, which is how money makes women feel and also how women sometimes have this disconnect of owning the fact that they are investors, myself included. That's, that's why we're here. That's why we exist. Why did you ask your dad that question that's it, as opposed to your mom or somebody else in your life? That's a wonderful question because I associated my dad with handling that or my dad knowing that. I didn't even think to ask my mom. Another problem in and of itself. So I think it's so cool to think if we can encourage more mothers to, more mothers to take ownership of the family finances and all facets of the financial life and then also be that mirror for or that example for their daughters and their sons that idea like if we could just keep that going is the goal. Did your ter- did your both of your parents did they talk differently about money to you when you were young or was there kind of one your dad was the one who like kind of led that discussion? I think they both actually talked about m- personal finances the same amount and in the same way. My dad's a collections attorney and my mom was a nurse paralegal, so law talk and money talk was pretty common in my household, but personalizing it, I think I am the stereotype or the perfect example of my mom talking to me about budgeting and saving. And I think my dad was more encouraging me about earning money in a way. He always encouraged me to uh, earn money and instilled this wonderful work ethic in me. So I, I had the balance of that, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't so intense in the idea of like how to start growing my wealth. Yeah. And as you, then grew up so that was that conversation was like 15 17 now you're somebody who is literally speaking publicly about figuring out stuff with your money oh yeah what was the transition there how did you get into working with money and entrepreneurship and personal finance i didn't plan for it i went to school for journalism and communication and i graduated without a job and i also also should note that i went to school in arizona I was trying to get a job, a journalism job in New York from Arizona and for anyone in the field listening and smirking, it's pretty much unheard of. It's not like other, it's not like other industries like finance or business where you can get hired before you graduate. Like that just doesn't happen. So people are saying, you know, you sound great in theory, but you need to be here. So I moved without a job at the end of New York. You got to be in New York. Yeah. Yeah. So I moved without a job, landed, found myself in New York city started That's working in scary Kelly. So scary. And I, I was even more type A then than I am now. So <laughs> the idea of doing that without a plan, and I will say I did have significant savings because I, I did work all throughout my childhood and high school and, and in college. And my parents, you know, they, I, I 
wasn't financially independent. So I could just save all that money. It was just like saving by, I became a saver by default by not needing to spend money. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm a saver though. And I learned that the hard way. Um, so I moved with like this cushion and that's what gave me confidence to take the risk. And I came here and after, you know, a few months of circulating through HRs and working in a restaurant, I finally found myself in front of Jean. And as a journalist, I always, I've always prided, I've always been proud of myself that I'm open to taking on any beat. I'm open to like exploring any subject matter. I wasn't honing in on one thing in particular in college. And when she was like, do you have any idea of what I do? And I was like, no, no, I don't actually. <laughs> and she's like, is it of interest to you? And I was like, well, figuring out what to do with my money, since I really don't know, it sounds like a good idea. So it sounds like this would be something like I should know. And so I, I took the, I took the opportunity. I took the job with her. Over five <laughs> okay. Now you're straight out of university. You yeah. got your savings. You moved to New York with only your savings, which is like, yeah such a leap because New York is just going to burn that money within a couple of months, I would imagine. It sure did. So many friends who, I didn't yeah. do that after college, but I have so many friends who did exactly what you did. And it's yeah. so scary because you know oh. that there's a deadline, like that time's going to run out. Oh, and yeah. somehow you find yourself, probably not somehow, probably because you're smart and on top of it and working the connections and the whole thing. And annoyingly persistent. Yes. Yes. Also a really good point. Yeah. Um, I find that to be the quality of many successful people. Yeah. <laughs> In front of Jean Chatsky, who was the editor at the Today Show at the time, right? Like she was That's on right. TV. Mm -hmm. I had just met her after a segment too. I met her at 30 Rock and I had no idea what she had just done. And you said to her, <laughs> I don't know what you do. <laughs> I don't know what you do. I really don't. And I had another job offer on the table. I was about to sell out and do like a comms position because I was so desperate. I needed the money. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm telling her and she was like, well, you sound great. She's like, I read your clips and writing like in journalism, you have like a portfolio of clips that you use to showcase your work and hopefully get more work. And she was like, I'd like you to do an edit test, which is also very common and like mm -hmm. something I love all employers of all different sectors, fields to do. Like, if you should do some homework before you get the job. So it's a thing I, where they give you like a piece of writing and you're supposed to edit it up, right? Yes. Yes. And I said, with all due respect, I don't have time. I have this offer on the table that I need to get back to them today. And uh, before meeting with you, I was going to take it. And she was like, if I'm going to be honest with you, it sounds like you're about to sell out. And that you like, you seem a little desperate. <laughs> she said that to me. And uh, I was like, you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> and so she's like, the job is yours. Here are a couple numbers, references, call them, let me know what you decide. So I do some soul searching around 30 Rock for like 20 minutes and, you know, call them, call my parents. And my gut was just to go with Jean. And I'm so happy I did. And that was over five years ago now. That was September 2013. Wow. Yeah. That just impresses me about her too, that she could make a decision so quickly without testing you, without checking like on the edit oh. test and nothing like that. And she, and she was right. Well, we hit, yes, ultimately. I thank you. I, I like to think so too. Uh, we hit, I hit the ground running, but I fell so many times. And I think for the first six months we were like looking at each other sometimes being like, what did we do? <laughs> Why did we do this? But it worked out. I mean, I think um, 
she was so patient with me and she's an incredible mentor in that she realized that I was starting from like square one with learning about personal finance and then you know that and to be able to report and write on it you need to know something so I was learning as I was doing it and but then you're also in the same position as the people you're writing too so you that's right yeah right yes yes which was super helpful but also if like you're associated with Jean who is personal finance expert in America she I mean it put me on the fast track but I also put a lot of pressure on myself to get from, you know, learning the 101s to sounding like I know what I'm talking about with social security. And guess what? I still don't understand it. Yeah. So. Join the club. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was thinking, I mean, you were sort of working your way into this new world that you didn't know anything about, and it happened to be your job. But so many of us are working our way into this world of finance and money and don't know anything about it. And it's not our job. We're doing it like on the side because we have to figure out what yeah. to do and, and what social security is and what a 401k is supposed to do and all that kind of stuff. Well, um, and I think that's such an important point because, you know, I, I don't have any certifications. Jean doesn't have any certifications. Like everything we're saying out loud or we're writing about is what has been self-taught. And we have, of course, we've interviewed so many different experts and we have wonderful resources to educate us. But that's the, that I think, I hope is a light bulb moment for more people. It's like, you know, if we're doing this, if I'm doing this, especially like anyone could do it. It's, there's no like special qualities that you need to start figuring out what's best for you and your money. And that's a really important point too, is like, it's every, like all this general advice out there, you have to personalize it. That's a great point. We don't talk about that enough. I couldn't agree with that more. Yeah. I think just for me, when I started, so I kind of did what you did, but in in investing. And when I personalized it by one, figuring out that I was losing my savings to inflation, essentially. And two, if I could find wonderful companies out there that we're doing good things in the world that match my values, then I felt really personally connected in the same way that I did with my consumer money where I would go to the grocery store and try to buy organic and fair trade and all that kind of stuff. I realized I could do that with my investing money. And that changed the whole paradigm for me. Yep. And you're saying do that generally with your personal finance. Everything. Plan. Absolutely everything. And I know it's so easy to compare Uh, with other people, keeping up with the Joneses, especially in this age of social media that we live in, it, it becomes difficult to personalize, I think, um, and focus back in on ourselves and figuring out what we really want and what really works for us. Mm -hmm. But I'm currently doing exactly what you just did with investing. So I mean, I want to hear your advice on that, too. I think, you know, we had talked about a little bit earlier, on the idea of more women owning the fact that they're investors just last year. So I've been with Jean for uh, over five years now. Last year we're in a brainstorming meeting for her money and these her money happy hours that we do. Hmm. And they're, they're really cool. They're intimate, like 13 to 15 women. We get around a table with drinks and food and we have these leading questions, this discussion questions. It's so fun. And like, so everyone pulls a card and they're, they're uncomfortable questions. That's the whole point is to get comfortable with the discomfort that comes with talking about money. And, you know, we're brainstorming these questions together. And one of them is, um, do you consider yourself an investor? 
And so I was like, I just, me being me, said no, like not at all. And she was like, uh, excuse me? She's like, you're investing in a 401k, the 401k I provide. And I was like, yes. She's like, don't you have a Roth IRA? I was like, yes. And she's like, why don't you think you're an investor? And so that was like the first moment for me. You didn't feel like an investor. Because I always associated, well, I mean, talk about daddy issues. Just kidding, dad. Um, no, no it's go, always, go, it always comes back to that. I'm telling you. <laughs> you listen to this and be like, what? Um, no, so. It, and by the way, that's not gendered. Man or woman, no. everyone I ask this to immediately yes. starts talking about their parents. Yep. And all the things their parents did and the way they yep. talked about money. So this Mommy is all issues, us. Daddy issues. So maybe it goes back to that hike when we were going up and I, you know, the conversation got not shut down, but dismissed and... So that, fast forward to here, I associated needing much more money for some reason, like much more money and having like a brokerage account and like playing the market as an yes. investor. Like such yes. a, such, I feel like such a cliche, but it's true. And I always thought like, I, I, so, I associated retirement with savings and it is, but it's also investing. And also for all the reasons that we talked about at the top of the show, I think it culminated in me not even assuming, like even considering that I would be, you know, labeled as an investor. So that's why. Is that similar for you? Yeah. I mean, I, even like once I started learning a lot about investing and spending time on it, once I started writing a book about investing, I still (laughs) was very uncomfortable with anyone sort of looking at me and going, you're an investor, but here's why. It's not, be, I, I think there's probably some internal stuff to it. I just didn't feel confident. But, and I was wondering if you were going to say it was because you weren't doing anything active with those funds. And so it kind of just was yes. like separate from you in a lot of yes. ways. I'm so happy you called me out. That's also true. That is absolutely true. But I mean, that's real, right? You know, like, of yeah. course, if you're not really paying attention, then yeah, you don't identify with that. Um, true. Absolutely. And, and also like figuring out like, actually how it works and like knowing like where my money is invested. Mm -hmm. Like, so in this past year and I'm still on the journey still working to it. Like I've been trying to educate myself more on it, but if I'm being honest, it's still, I still don't fully feel it. And I don't know if it's just going to be, it's going to take more time. I think it takes more time and I think it takes more, um, consciousness Mm. in a literal sense sure being aware of where your money is and what what you're doing with it and and conscious choices with it that's really what changed it for me where I'm like oh I'm directing this okay (laughs) but what what happened to me when I when I first started like saying to people they would say oh you're investing and I'd be like yeah I'm investing and they go so what are you buying yeah I'd be like um nothing (laughs) I'm learning and I'm, learning, yeah. I'm actually not even going to buy anything for a long time because uh-huh. I'm learning this stuff. And they just kind of, and it was always men, unfortunately, yep. they would just kind of like their eyes would glaze over and they just eventually kind of turn away because the second that I wasn't like, quote unquote, trading stocks, then I was not an actual investor to them. Right. And I yeah. find that dichotomy so unfortunate in our mm-hmm. culture because Trading stocks is not not that valuable, frankly. Well, and if you look like Fidelity Investments came out with some really awesome research towards the end of last year. And again, it shows that when we do invest, we actually outperform 
our male counterparts. So yeah, yes. So it, and it is how we, we look at it as a long-term game and we're more likely to look at it as a long-term game and we're more likely to have this thoughtfulness or this consciousness of, uh, what we're doing in this patience Mm -hmm. to let it ride and not do what, you know, they're thinking is superior in some ways. Yeah. Or it sounds like they're thinking is superior. Yeah, I think that's a that's a generality that tends to be true. And I yeah. think it's kind of like we've gotten we being women have gotten kind of the flip side of that where because we are not excited by like the ups and the downs and the risk, then mm-hmm. we just don't participate at all. But we've been ignoring that there's this whole other way to be involved in the market in a much more deep, long term, consciously invested way. Yep, absolutely. So now, are you feeling like an investor a little bit more? More, a little more. Yeah, I think there's, a, I'm probably, I don't know, it's hard to say. I, I still need to read your wonderful book. It's on my desk, actually. I walked into my office this morning, and they're like, which show are you doing? I was like, this show, and I held up the book. <laughs> so cool. Um, don't probably, start it, Kelly, because once you start it, you won't be able to put it down. I, well, then I can't start it during the middle of the work day. Yeah. I'm going to have to cancel all my plans this weekend. Luckily, it's snowing, so it's a perfect weekend. Oh, to, it's perfect for yeah, invested. Yeah, up with the book. <laughs> uh, so, yes, but not like a, a confident yes. It's a yes, I like looked in the mirror, and I'm owning my insecurities around it, and I am not ostriching in a way that I was about my retirement plans. So I love that. Yeah. So yes. Yes. With that inflection. I don't think it gets any better than that. Like not ostriching. Yeah. And and having some awareness. Like, what more can we do? Right. And I will say too, like, and I struggle with this, and I would love to hear your advice for me and for anyone else who uh is experiencing this. When you're you're just starting out or you're not earning, you know a lot of money yet, or you're not earning those in New York city. It's, you need to earn like a significant sum of money to feel comfortable. In New York, you have to be Beyonce to feel comfortable. Yes, you do. And I try to be her as many ways as I can, (laughs) but I am not, I really try. Uh, But no, so I'm even at this place. Like I, you know, I would like to earn a lot more money and, and feel even more comfortable than I do living in this city. Uh, just because the city is an expensive one to live in. So all of this is to say, it's like, I still feel like I need to earn more money in order to invest that money. Like, I feel like all the money I'm earning right now, I want to safeguard or I have the expenses. 50% of my income goes to rent. Like it, uh, do you have advice for people who like, feel like I don't even have any money to invest? Like how do they get started or like where they should get started? Yeah, I think you start right where you are, which is you are saving some money and I think it's okay to invest that money. That's where you have to start. I mean, maybe not all of it, but you don't have to go with, I mean, I agree with you that there's this impression of like, I have to have a hundred thousand dollars before I do anything. And that's just completely wrong. Like you can start with 500. Now that is so attainable. I mean, not for everyone. I, I realize that, you know, that's a, a big number for a lot of people, but like, that's doable. It's doable. And it's, yes, like, let's say you make 50% on your money, which would be incredible. You would <laughs> end up with $750. And that is actually not that exciting. But I 
tend it to focus tight. on percentages rather than dollar amounts because I'm yeah. definitely in that small category and yeah. I got really depressed the first couple of times that I sold um, some stock, which I haven't done very many times because the whole point of the Buffett investing style is to just hold on to things. Yeah. But, um, but I got kind of bummed out and, yeah. <laughs> and I decided, you know what? It doesn't matter what the dollar figure is. It's the percentages that matter. And then yeah. over time, the compounding of those percentages add up. Yeah. So that's, that's the way I've found to really stay connected and not, and not get kind of like bummed out and out of it and feel like nothing's happening. Yep. And to stay motivated. I think yeah. that's the biggest, biggest piece of it all is staying motivated. Exactly. Yeah. Well, okay. So after you read Invested, I want you to come back on the show. I would love that. About what you think and, and, and if you feel differently about being an investor or not. Well, I hope I come back too. And I'll, I hope to feel more comfortable about this, but reading it, but also telling you what I'm doing that's different from now. Cool. Um, which is right now focusing just on my retirement. And I feel like I want to broaden that in a big way. So yeah, let's keep, keep me accountable. Let's do that. The Kelly series. Uh, <laughs> no, we don't need to do that. Your, your I like to name like, things. No, <laughs> no. Uh, but no, I, uh, I am happy to do that. Wonderful. And maybe we'll put, okay, so I actually haven't announced this on the podcast yet. I'll just say, so I started, um, a new investing guide, which is a premium newsletter. And oh you guys are not really public yet, but I just want to say this part. So I'm yeah. just going to tell you about it. You can find it at newsletter.daniellettown.com and I'm going to fully announce it properly. Um, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I'm finding out too for everyone finding listening. Out too. Yeah, yeah, you can see my face. I'm so excited. Um, so everybody on my mailing list knows about it, but that's it. And I was just thinking it would be so cool, Kelly, to have yeah. a part of the guide have like what you're doing and we could connect it to her money and let's discuss that. I'm loving it. I am so happy to do that. And yes, I will be a guinea pig for as many people as I can be because I think that's, it's how we really help each other and learn. So I agree. Yeah. Buffett and Munger always say that learning from other people's mistakes is much more efficient and cheaper than learning from your own. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so true. And I'll be one of them. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. So you guys, I know you want to hear more from Kelly. She is on the Her Money podcast every week. Check it out. And you can go to hermoney.com. You can listen to the podcast right there or it's on iTunes and on all the uh, the podcast outlets. And her Instagram is Kelly Holt G. Should <laughs> Holt I spell it? Taken. Yeah, no, you're right. It's, yeah, it's, it's my name, K-E-L-L-Y-H-U-L-T-G. Okay, yeah. check her out on Instagram. Me on there too. It's fun. Thanks so much, Kelly. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information, show notes, and more episodes, visit us at investedpodcast.com. There's a special offer waiting for podcast listeners to attend my three-day investing workshop absolutely free. So just head to investedpodcast.com. Everything discussed on this podcast is either my opinion or Danielle's opinion and is not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your investment advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary this podcast is for your entertainment and education only, and I hope you enjoyed it.